and welcome to the Ricky Smith Show, where we provide a holistic approach to professional development. I'm your announcer, Benny Steiner, joined by your host, Ricky Smith. Good morning, Ricky. Hey, good morning, Benny. Thanks for bringing me in. Uh, today, we're going to do a follow-up with our previous guest, Davette, and she's going to tell us a little bit more about the uh, seven accounts that every adult should have. And uh, David, how are you doing this morning? I'm amazing. How about yourself, Rick? I'm doing great. Thank you. Excellent. Again, like we said, uh, we talked about this last episode you were on, and I found it very fascinating. And this is a tool I believe that everybody should benefit from, especially with uh, when it comes to generational wealth and with all the crazy things that's going on with our economy right now. You know, it's good to have a backup for the backup for the backup for the backup. And basically, we got seven backups. Right. <laughs> that's exactly what yeah. it is being able to have those seven different accounts yeah mm-hmm. it's it definitely is crazy out here in the markets when we are kind of looking a recession square in the face and even though you know we haven't officially hit recession territory yet it is forthcoming you know i look at the markets and and was really trying to figure out what do people need to do right now because of we're going to this inflationary this we are in this high inflationary time and we are looking at so much going on with the recession people high in, uh, unemployment they definitely need to have these seven accounts to fall back on so often we talk about diversification as buying large cap small cap or mid cap but diversification is having different accounts that you know that you can be able to get your money to that you can have some liquidity as well as be able to have some growth okay well let's go ahead and name these seven accounts okay so the first one is having a checking slash savings account so just being able to have money at the bank that is number one And it's nothing wrong with having multiple savings accounts. Number two is having a Roth IRA. Number three is having a 401k or a SEP IRA for tax deduction. Number four is having some type of pension or annuity, a guaranteed income stream. Number five is going to be a 50,000 permanent life insurance policy. Number six is going to be a disability long-term care and hsa plan and number seven is going to be a brokerage account so you think of that as your vanguard fidelity schwab brokerage accounts where you can actually trade in equities and those are all great let's go ahead and get into that first one okay so your savings and your checking and savings account with your checking account that is money literally that you are using to pay bills That is what your checking account is for. It is for you to make transactions on it. Um, And it's a really good uh, tool for budgeting as well. If you ever go back and look at your transaction history, you can start to determine where you're spending your money, where you're swiping your debit card. That's going to help you to be able to understand what you actually value, where your money lies. Your savings account is also going to be at the bank. And yes, it's not going to earn a lot of money. However, it keeps your money liquid so you can be able to get to it in an emergency. I'm a huge proponent that no emergency costs more than $3,000 overnight. Anything that takes more than $3,000 is usually going to give you about 48 to 72 hour window to be able to get the money. Um, so you can have a savings account with your with your original checking account where you could maybe transfer some money over immediately. But I'm also getting to the point where I want people to start looking at doing maybe an online checking account that maybe you don't have a debit card to or you can't access the money as easily. It may take you about three days to transfer the money back to your primary checking account. I want people to get into the habit of using that. You you actually get a higher yield on those, um, like maybe a Vero, a TD Bank. Those have like a 50%, uh, excuse me, 0.5%. Oh, percent yield on them right now. So you are making a little money on them. However, it's not nearly going to do as well as your equity or your other investment accounts. But that money should be there for liquidity. If it's an emergency or even an opportunity. And we always talk about emergency funds, but we never talk about an opportunity fund. And an opportunity fund is literally to say, if somebody is about to lose their house right now and they need $20,000 where are you going to get $20,000 in the blink of an eye so you can go ahead and buy that house right up under them? 
because you know you might have somebody else who wants to get in on that house and it's pretty much first come first serve whoever can get me the money first first fastest then they'll be able to get this house get it for a deal get it for steal we want to always take that into consideration there's still opportunities and a lot of times we don't get to jump on the best opportunities because we don't have enough cash available and you were touching on uh, having an additional bank account and so uh, you said it was a tda no td bank is one that has a online so if i go to nerd wallet the seven best high yield savings accounts for may of 2022 you have capital one you have marcus by goldman sachs you've got citigroup you've got uh american express there are a lot of different high yield savings accounts and those are hitting at 0.60 percent and that's of course as the interest rates are going to increase then the interest rates as the fed interest rates increase the interest rates inside of your savings account increases as well so we're still not at a full dollar like we used to be but the reality of it is that's a way where you can have your money and it actually can start working a little bit for you so you can take advantage of these opportunities and i'll be frank with you with this recession coming around i believe that we really 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 want to stack cash because opportunities gonna start popping out out of the blue and if you're not cash heavy then you're gonna miss out on a lot of different things and i don't say that to be real super conservative because i was listening to and reading on the berkshire hathaway meeting yesterday and even Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger were talking about they have a lot of cash to the side. They're waiting for an opportunity. They're looking for an opportunity. So it's really important to take advantage of these opportunities when they present themselves. And we hear those stories all the time. Man, I wish I had done this or I wish I could have done that. A lot of people will always tell me, well, they've got money inside of their 401k. However, they can't get it out of their 401k sometimes without having to do paperwork, having to get approval, not getting out as quickly as they would have wanted to get it out. Those things absolutely make a difference whether or not you get to buy that house or, you know, go on that once in a lifetime trip. So you want to be able to have some money over there that's going to allow you to be able to act fast. And again, like I said, that's money that you have to be able to access usually in about 48 to 72 hours. Okay, since we're on uh, the mechanisms of banking, what do you think about CDs? You know, all this is all part of the banking mechanisms. What do you think about those? Um, CDs are... They are a good, great investment. However, they're still paying poorly in rates, especially considering the time frame that you have to be in them and the amount that you have to contribute to them. So that is going to be a vehicle where if we look up the CD rates, so looking at the CD bank rates right now, they're showing that they have a five-year term and you're only getting a 2.25% rate of return. You could actually do better than that in a fixed annuity. Um, that's it. Sinequity as well as Capital One. Looking at the other rates that they have here, there is Goldman Sachs has 1.8% and that is on a four-year CD rate and the minimum deposit is 500. Discover Bank is 1.8 and that's a 2,500 minimum deposit. Um, looking to see if there's anybody else who is a lot sexier, but you get what I'm saying? Like CDs are still five to 10 year rates. If you're trying to stay in one for nine months or a year, then interest rates are going to be just as low as the savings accounts. Oh, that's that's good. I mean, a reason why I asked you is because we were on banks. And I was like, well, that's another, you know, uh, tool that they offer for savings. And it's got, to me, actually, they, they with a CD, it's kind of one of those put it there, figure it's there until it's time to collect type of things. Now, what are the tax, um, you know, um, when you get like when you get your return it's like does ours like tax you on that or you just keep it in savings now that's absolutely a number one concern about cds is the taxes because you are taxed on those even though you're not taking the money out of the account so you can let money keep growing and compounding inside of a cd and you're going to get a 1099 so that's where, um, especially with a lot of seniors, they're starting to recognize, oh, wow, I have this money into this investment. I'm not touching it. It's making money. And I'm still getting pushed up into a higher tax bracket based on the interest that I'm making off of my CDs. Also, going back to the point of having the accessibility to the money, CDs come with penalties. So if you try and take the money out early, then you, you know, an opportunity presents itself. You want to go pull the money out. 
it's less than the time frame that you were talking about, then you're absolutely going to end up paying taxes on that money. Um, excuse me, paying uh, penalties and taxes on that money. Yeah, yeah that's I, I want to make sure people understood that because if they did decide to go with that as a you know a a tool in a banking tool, uh, that will be something that uh, they got to look forward to, or not necessarily look forward to, but understand the penalties as well as the you know the goods and the bads of having a CD in a sense. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And that's the flex, you know, that's why considering that the interest rates are going to be so different, I would say go ahead and put that money into the savings account, because if you do need to pull it out, you don't have to deal with the penalties. Yeah, you may. And as far as the taxes, well, you're going to make pay taxes on that as well on your savings account. But typically they don't send you out tax forms on your savings account until you hit a certain income threshold until you actually have enough money that you've earned in interest on that. So it's different with each bank. I'm just can speak about my bank, whether or not I actually get a 1099 on those, a 1099 INT on those really depends on how much money I have in it, how much money I earned in interest through the course of the year. Um, all right. So banking accounts, I think we pretty much have those down having multiple bank accounts if you're a business owner i say get you another bank account and just use that and put tax money into it um and whether you play quarterly estimates or if you are got a very good cpa just getting another account throwing that money over there and letting it sit put about 20 to 25 percent of your income out of every paycheck you get if you get a hundred dollars as a the commission then go ahead and put 25 dollars in that account just so you can be able to have that to pay for taxes and then you can use that to not only pay for taxes but you can use it to maybe contribute to your retirement accounts as well to offset some of the taxes so we'll yeah, talk no, about that in a minute exactly that was a great point to put that money aside as a, also as a safe, not necessarily a safe haven, but uh, just in case uh, for your taxes and then uh, opportunity money as well. Absolutely. So, yeah, Absolutely. Okay. So number two is the Roth IRA, which of course is one of my favorite investment vehicles. So I guess to tell the story about the Roth IRA, the primary purpose of it is so you can be able to take money out in retirement 100% tax-free. Okay. So that's essentially where the Roth IRA was was created as an adverse to the traditional IRA. So the traditional IRA allowed you to get the tax deduction while you were working. The Roth IRA says, no, you don't get a tax deduction while you're working, but you'll get the money out 100% tax-free. Now, I may have mentioned this before, but if you are in a lower income tax bracket, I insist that you put your money into a Roth IRA, not a traditional IRA, and I don't care nothing about your 401k or the match. It is so critical to put money because remember, if you are still 16 years old and you've got your first job and you're starting investing, you're essentially, you're in a very low tax bracket. You're not paying that much in taxes. If you are a parent and you've got kids in the home and you're getting the child tax credit, you are getting refunds. You're getting income tax refund check. You don't necessarily need a tax deduction. So that's what a traditional IRA is for, is for people to use them as a tax write-off, a tax deduction. The Roth IRA says, let me go ahead and put this money into this investment. Now, I'm not going to get a tax write-off, but when I go to use that money later, it's going to be 100% tax-free. And we got to go back and look at what the marginal tax rates are in the U.S. since 1913 when we first came out with the federal income tax. Right now, we're sitting at a highest marginal rate of about 37 percent. But the average in this country since 1913 is 56 percent. So everything that we had going on with the stimulus checks, the PPP checks, the unemployment checks, the um, what was the other ones, the the grants that they were giving out for business owners, all of that. And all the money that was printed by the U.S. government, well, baby, it's going to be 100% taxable. And if you feel like I feel, taxes will be going up in the future, not down. And as you start making more money, you put yourself into a higher tax bracket. Also, you got to remember, there is an income limitation on a Roth IRA, meaning that you have to set it up before you make a certain income limitation. So if you make more than $150,000 a year, you can't contribute to a Roth IRA anymore. So it's imperative for you to be able to get that going because there may be a time where you can't contribute to it. And now you have to be able to use some of the other vehicles. But if you didn't have it, 
then you can't use it. And that's where even if you Google Peter Thiel, Peter Thiel, who is the co-founder of PayPal, he has a $5 billion Roth IRA. Now think about it. The guy who is the co-founder of PayPal has $5 billion in a Roth IRA. Well, of course, we all know he makes more than $150,000, but he was of the same mindset that said, let me go ahead and set this up. So I know I'm going to have $5 billion with a B, Rick, with a yeah. B. So here we are with $5 billion of tax-free money. Do you remember last summer that the everybody went crazy and was like, oh, well, you know, we got to stop these millionaires from being able to have these mega retirement accounts because they're not going to pay taxes on it. That is $5 billion that Peter Thiel does not have to pay taxes on. Man ain't even old enough to collect retirement right now. But our government needs us to pay taxes. <laughs> and that's why they couldn't pay. And that's why they really want us to be in a traditional 401k. Now, I'm going to go back over to the Roth IRA because I love that one. As I said, it was one of the first investments that I ever set up. Um, with that one, you can buy into mutual funds. You can buy it into EFTs. You can buy it with stocks. You can buy it with a CD. You can buy it with annuities. See, a Roth IRA is just a registration. You can buy it in a lot of different vehicles, and most people aren't aware of that. They just think that there's only one kind of Roth IRA, like they only think there's only one kind of 401k. No, it's actually a very flexible vehicle because it's the registration. The registration says, I don't want to pay taxes um, later. I want to pay my taxes now. Okay. Um, there are five reasons to take money out of a Roth IRA. One is first time home buying. So if you do have a Roth IRA that's in a brokerage account, then yes, you can absolutely take a portion up to $10,000 a year and use that to buy your house. I did. I absolutely did. The second one is college education. To be able to say, oh, yeah, I can take money out and use it for my kids' college education. I'm contributing to it on a weekly, monthly basis, whatever the case may be. And by the time that my kids got to um, graduation, high school graduation age and was going off to college, I went back inside of my Roth IRA and I pulled cash value out of that one. So it allowed me to help buy from pay for my first home and it allowed me to pay for two kids college educations. Now, I like a Roth IRA better than a 529 savings plan. And the reason why, of course, most people are familiar with 529 savings plans because they can use that for college savings and the money is tax deferred and it's tax free if they use it for college and all this other fun stuff. But if they don't use it for college, if there's still money in there and the kids maybe decide not to go to college or they start a business and they drop out of college or whatever the case may be, if the child does not go to college, you can transfer it over to another child. But if not, then you would have to end up paying taxes and taking all the money out and liquidating it. And I was advised by my original advisor. She said, do the Roth IRA. So that way you can put the money into it. And this leads to number three reason to we take money out of the Roth IRA is for retirement. So if my kid, so if I don't use it for my house and I don't use it for my kids, I still use it for my own retirement. So you mm -hmm. see how it became a three in one vehicle that I could use throughout the course of my lifetime. Like I literally didn't have to just say, well, ooh, I got to depend on somebody else. I don't know what my kids was going to do, whether they were going to finish school or not. So with the yeah. case being, it was much easier for me to say, let me put this in the one bucket. So that way I could leverage more opportunities instead of having money over here and money over there. The other dynamic of the Roth IRA, you can take money out for disability tax free. So if something were to happen and you were hurt and you really couldn't work and you really need to, you know, supplement your income in some powerful way, the Roth IRA would allow you to take that money out tax free. And the final is passing away. When you die, that money goes to your heirs tax free. So when we think about going through probate on a house or we think about, you know, even going through probate to get money out of your checking account that you have at the banks, that all of that can tie up the money and take a very long time for you to get it. And it's still subject to state taxes. The Roth IRA would be 100% tax free to your heirs. So that's why I love that one as a vehicle, because I think it's very easy to start. It can be set up in many different ways. It can be accessed in a lot of different ways. And it also can ensure that you are not going to be in a higher tax bracket in retirement. That was excellent, uh, David. That's definitely something that uh, we need moving forward. 
because of our trying times. And you did give us some uh, good information or get everyone some great information pertaining to how to protect themselves uh, during these tired times. Now, also, can you uh, touch on 401ks and uh, how that can uh, impound somebody right now in the uh, economy right now as how it is? Absolutely. So um, 401ks are one of the qualified retirement plans that is usually offered by your employer. And they all kind of fit in the same category. So you got your 401ks, your 403bs, your 457 plans, your thrift savings accounts, your profit sharing plans. All of these are all retirement accounts that all just act the same. They typically just have different registrations like 403bs as if you work at a hospital or at a school. Um, 401ks if you're with a for-profit employer. Profit-sharing plan is usually with a for-profit employer as well, um, and you get to enjoy a portion of the profits that the company brings in. But with that being said, all of those retirement accounts are separate from the Roth IRA for one reason, taxes. Mm -hmm. So with that, all of the money that goes inside of your 401k you have not paid any taxes on it. Your employer has not paid any taxes on it. So that means that somebody has to pay the tax bill later down the line. So if you are in a low tax income environment right now, and you're a single parent, raising kids, had a household, barely making in more than $80,000 a year, then you probably have no business in a 401k, even for the free match. And, and even with the free match, I know we are always so prompt to say, oh, well, it's free money, free money. Well, baby, all good money ain't free. And they give away free drinks at the casino as well. So please understand that may not be the best investment vehicle for you. But I know when we were young, they told us if you get a good job with benefits, you was going to get a 401k. And that 401k is going to be a bit of a burden to you later on when those tax rates go up, when you are in retirement and you go to pull that money out. And again, do you think taxes are going to go up or down in the future? I will say they're going up because how much money we're spending right now, this has no choice but to go up. Absolutely. And not only do they go up because of what's going on in the economy, but you got other three other dynamics. One, your house is paid off, so you're not getting the deduction on that. Two, the kids in the house, so you're not getting the deduction on that. And three, you're not working for your employer anymore, so you're not getting the 401k deduction on that like you would have gotten in your working years. Mm-hmm. So you see where it's like, it's, it's like... <laughs> A, a perpetual perfect storm, tax storm, to be able to get all of this tax money out of people. Yeah. There's a. Go well, ahead. Not, well, not only that, uh, what a lot of people don't really realize too, when they put money into 401k, those companies, like, yeah, we're helping, you know, we're sharing your profits and we're matching this and that. They're also using your money to make profits at the same time. They're actually using it as investment money. So <laughs> that's the biggest kicker that a lot of people don't uh really see in the uh cost that money eventually let's shareholder money because that's what it is it's shareholder money and uh-huh. they can use those shareholder monies to use as investments for like to purchase like maybe acquire another company or do like a acquisition or something like that or buy uh new equipment so because again they're trying to make more money for the shareholders so they may use that money take that money from there uh to use it now um at the same time, it's still protected, you know, because the, they know how much money is in there. So if you decide, or if you have to take that money out to, or let's, let me ask you this question. Uh, <laughs> like, say someone with a 401k wants to, like you were saying in the um, the Raw, and they want to buy a home. Is there a penalty for borrowing against your 401k to, like, buy a home or for a home purchase? Oh, honey, grab your popcorn. So, <laughs> so first of all, let me tell you, all 401ks are not built the same. Okay. The 401k, my job is different from the 401k, which your job is different from the 401k of Benny's job. And each of them have their own set of rules. So the first set of rule is a vesting period. And this vesting period says, if you don't stay with the company long enough, you don't get to keep all the free match money. Another rule is every employer does not have to give you money out of your 401k as a loan or withdrawal. 
So depending on your employer and what their plan documents are, you cannot take loans against every 401k. I was working for a financial advisor. She set up a 401k. We did not have a loan option. Why? Because we were supposed to have liquid money off to the side. Um, then on top of that, if they do allow you to take a loan against the 401k, you're double taxed on that money because you're taxed on it when you repay the loan to the 401k. And of course, you're taxed on it when you take it out in retirement. Then we have the dynamic of the um, if you would take a withdrawal from the money, then you would be hit with a 20 percent penalty. Um, and of course, some people still end up getting hit with taxes on top of that. So usually they say it's 10 percent for the taxes, 10 percent for the penalty. But ain't nobody in a 10 percent tax bracket. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> then this 401k money can push you up into a higher tax bracket because it's 100 percent taxable, like the income through your job. So if you don't like yeah. paying taxes on your you don't like taxes coming out of your paycheck right now. Now, how you going to feel about the taxes coming out when you <laughs> take out your 401k? Yeah, that, that's um, that's the reason why I really wanted to people to understand that, because I didn't want them to get mixed up between the raw and a 401k because there are a lot of those penalties that people don't understand and the way that they can lose money in a sense big time absolutely. by taking money out of their 401k early. Absolutely. No, no. And that's one of the things it's like, um, my book is called who taught you how to be broke because literally when people go into those, um, what do they call them? The, the meetings, the HR meetings, and they're setting you up for your 401k and they bring the person in. You have no idea what they're saying. They're speaking over your head. They're giving you, oh my gosh, they're telling you how wonderful this program is going to be. And lo and behold, you just kind of sign up for anything and everything. You mark a box. And it's really no different than, you know, you tell a kid, you pass a piece of paper in front of a kid and they just write their name on it and they give it back to the teacher and they have no idea what's going on. That's exactly what happens to about 80% of the people who invest inside of a 401k through the job. They're just signing up for it because somebody said they're supposed to have it. They have no clue about all of the ins and outs of it. And they and the, another thing with the 401k, um, remember, it does come with management fees. And those management fees can be very hefty. There's a new program that I just got to actually compare what a 401k would do versus an IUL life insurance policy. And one of the things that we take into consideration is the fees on that. And when I mean to tell you by the time that someone gets to age 60 or 65 and gets to retirement age, they may have paid, even though they may have a, an account balance in their 401k that could be upwards of $700,000, $800,000, they might have paid somewhere close to about two to $300,000 in fees, in management fees. Tony Robbins did a real big um, piece about this maybe about seven or eight years ago. And he just went off as an, and of course, you know, we know Tony Robbins is the motivational invest, the motivational speaker, and he's always trying to encourage people. He got mad about the fees, <laughs> the management fees on these accounts. So they're in 401ks, just like they are inside of, our um, traditional brokerage account. So please, please, please find somebody that can give you more information about your 401k so you can make sure that you have that money in the right bucket. And and again, if you are making more than $80,000 a year and you need the tax, the income tax deduction, absolutely put the money inside of your 401k. You can actually put more money into the 401k than you can inside of the Roth IRA or the traditional IRA. The Roth IRA, traditional IRA, only lets you put in $6,000 if you're under the age of 50. It allows you to put in $7,000 if you're over the age of 50. However, the 401k would let someone put in about $19,000 a year. There's also one other thing I have to talk about, which is the SEP IRA. And this is a simplified employer pension plan. And I like to call it the self-employed person's pension plan. So this is allowing you as an individual, as a 1099 individual business owner to be able to put money into your own retirement plan because maybe you don't have one through the job. Yes, business owners, do, do not hold all your stock in your business. You need to put money on the outside, someplace where you can have it growing and have it diversified as well. So make sure you're paying yourself. And remember before I said, you know, put that 25% 
into that separate checking account, you can make the payment into your SEP IRA on an annual basis. And that would be a way that you can reduce your taxes while you are as a self-employed person. So that way you don't end up giving money to Uncle Sam in taxes because the thing about it is you have two choices. You can put it into the SEP IRA and you can actually be able to see that money again or you can give that money to Uncle Sam in taxes and you will never see that money again. So if you're looking for a way to, yes, the SEP IRA is going to be taxable in retirement, but if you're looking for a way to fund retirement as a self-employed person and you're looking for a tax deduction, then your SEP IRA is going to let you put in 20 up to 25% of your income. That is golden information. I'm quite sure there's quite a few entrepreneurs or those who would like to be entrepreneurs that need to know that. I'm glad Absolutely. you uh, made point on that too. Uh, do you, you know with that being said as have you been able to take advantage of that already Absolutely. oh great great me and my clients which mm, oh yes 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 um and we've used those for many many years they're very easy to administer much easier to administer than a typical 401k plan um and it, it really just helps people and the proper people for it and i've set them up for physicians for doctors for realtors for insurance agents and financial advisors like myself um for dentists um all of these people are high net worth and they miss, you know, are basically self-employed. So professional athletes, they're very good for professional athletes as well. Um, who else am I thinking of? Um, who else? A daycare what about provider. entertainers? What about entertainers? Would that be yeah, entertainers as well. They can absolutely have a SEP IRA. The reason why I said, I remember, uh, what's the guy? Um, Wesley Snipes. He got in a lot of tax trouble. So I was saying like, he could, there's no way he could have put it away to safeguard his money, but this sounds like one of those great tools that could have helped safeguard his money for uh, from tax purposes and things of that nature. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, definitely. And that's the other thing where I don't think a lot of people are aware that if you don't if you're considered self employed or your ten ninety nine income and all your money's coming into you, if you're not utilizing these tools then you're, you're the people you're talking to, they don't, aren't aware of these tools or they're not able to set them up. That's why you have to work with someone who is actually licensed, who can set up the account. It's one thing to be able to talk about the accounts, but you got to work with a professional like myself who can actually set them up. I was talking to a young lady yesterday and she was like, well, I want you to um, help me with this um, paperwork that I'm going to do, what have you. And I said, all right, cool. And she said, what's your fee for that? And I, yeah, my fees are usually 25 to $50. So I was like $50. But after we set up the accounts, then I'm not going to charge you that fee. And she was like, are you sure? And I said, of course, one, I know what I'm doing. I'm making, I'm making money off the investment accounts. So why would I double dip and charge you to be able to keep you on as a client? I want to be able to create the value. And two, knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. If you're not using the information, I want them her to walk away from the conversation with an account. I don't want her to put all this money into all of these different educational courses and things of that nature, and then they still don't have an account that they can use and grow and apply money to. That is why I'm here is because I want to make sure that people are setting up these seven different accounts or seven different buckets. So that way they know that I didn't just get this information in my head. I have something physical, tangible, something I can take to the bank that's going to be with me throughout the duration of time. And you all said, said something very important. And knowledge is power, but applied knowledge is truly where the power lies. So if, uh, if you you know have this knowledge and you're not applying it, it's in one ear, out the other. So okay. uh, please use these, these tips uh, so they can way you can uh, safeguard your money because uh, there's a lot of people that need need this. They really need them. Right now is the time. This is why this uh, is so important for everybody to listen to because you're providing them with the wealth of knowledge. Uh, please apply it, uh, people out there that's listening. Uh, and then also at the end, we want to make sure that everyone knows how to contact you because you are licensed in multiple states. Is yes, that correct? From last week, we talked, yeah, so... Guess what? We're you know with the internet, the, the wide web, internets everywhere, <laughs> every, all over the country can hear you, and hopefully be able to reach out and contact you some way, shape, form, fashion. Uh, so we help me out, and if you can't help them out, you could probably point them in the right direction of someone that can help them out. 
Most certainly. Most certainly. All right. Well, let's drive on to the uh, next point. Well, I do still have one more point about the 401k, specifically about the free match. Mm -hmm. And I want to say this only because all money ain't good money. And I think somebody needs to hear this. When we talk about taxes and this free match money, you haven't paid the taxes on the money that you put in. Your employer hasn't put in paid taxes on the money they put in for your behalf. That's what the free match is. And all of the growth on that money has not been taxed as well. So you got three different entities contributing to this one vehicle. And you, as the one individual in retirement, is the one who's responsible for paying all the taxes on that money. Now, if you're not self-employed and you are pretty much just contributing to your 401k, 403b and all these other plans, and you know that you're going to end up getting stuck with a tax bill, please sit down with somebody and see about, you You don't have to get rid of your 401k, but you might want to start diversifying some money towards a Roth IRA because when you have all your money in your 401k in retirement, that makes your social security check taxable. Now, we all know of our parents or our grandparents who only had Social Security and they didn't have to pay taxes on that money. They didn't file any taxes on it. You have 401k and Social Security. You absolutely have to file taxes. And 50 to 85 percent of your Social Security check is taxable. So that will make that's why you see so many um, older people who are on a fixed income or even millionaires who are complaining about paying taxes. It is a real problem. So I'm not saying that you can't have a 401k. I think I talked about it before. The 401k was created to be a tax deduction for wealthy bankers. And they only encourage people to go into them simply because they needed enough employees to participate. So they gave us the free match as a way to get us as a, a, a lure to get us to participate. Right now, we have something that is potentially going to be passed by July the 4th. We'll see. I've been keeping my eye on it. Um, This is Secure Act 2.0. And the first Secure Act, it passed back in December, December 19th of the year 2019. And with that, it changed the landscape of retirement. You could put into a Google search the biggest change in retirement, uh, and that's going to come up with the Secure Act 0.1. And they have adjusted what the required minimum distribution year was. So typically, required minimum distribution says money inside of your 401k has to, absolutely must be taken out before it was 70 and a half, age 70 and a half. Now it's by 72. So what the government is telling you, because the 401k is still a government regulated account, they are forcing you to take money out of your account at 72, whether you want it or not. Rick, I don't know how you feel about that when the government kind of forces you to take your money. No, that's not a good thing. They're forcing you to take it out so you can pay taxes. Yeah, exactly. That's, but again, like you said, it's it was a device used for uh, bankers. Exactly. It, it, you know, it, it, even more so, it's a device for corporations too, causing that when I understand the... Uh, the uh, profit and loss sheet or the balance sheet of companies, uh, you know, I was like, oh wow, shareholders is part of the <laughs> the, the bigger picture. That's why I that's why I made a comment earlier about, sure. uh, you know, they they use the uh, the shareholders' money to make investments and things of that nature. Because you, you know, because it's the company's uh, job. Because it, that's why they come out with those quarterly or quarterly reports every year for shareholders, mm-hmm. so that way they know how their money's being used. That's, that, that's exactly why they use it. And also, uh, another thing, with the uh, stock market going down, uh, I've been seeing uh, or hearing that uh, there's people that are losing money in their 401k. Absolutely. Can, can, you, can you tell us a little bit about that or why, why that's happening? We're in a recession. <laughs> so, um, let, let's let's kind of take this back a little bit. We, we had the pandemic, and the pandemic was like a 12% drop in March of 2020. And then from there, we, we as Generation Xers, 
you know, we could know how to kind of go somewhere and sit down and we would just, just chill with our money, give it an opportunity to grow back. However, there was this new dynamic with the millennials where they were still heavy on crypto and they started getting into this Reddit and using the meme stocks and different things of that nature. So as soon as they got an opportunity, they started going in and manipulating the whole market. Stocks market, the stock market incorporates the 401k. So when people are manipulating the whole, the market as a whole, it affects everybody's assets. It'll affect the 401k. It'll affect the Roth IRA if it's in an equity position. It will affect any investment that is essentially under equities. So we could have been in just a baby recession in March, but because people started using their stimulus checks, their un their income refund checks, their tax refund checks, and they started manipulating the market when we took that big dive in March. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was not a cool thing. It was yeah. not a cool thing. So you mind you, we still came out of 2021 was like, oh man, well, there was a lot of money, man. You know, we put some money over here and these companies, like you said, um, GameStop, they did take that money that came from all of those stock shareholders and they made it work. They absolutely made it work. Very proud of them. However, the people didn't go back to work. They didn't pay attention. They were using their stimulus monies for investing. They didn't understand investing well enough. They had a bunch of online investment brokers who were giving people information and they were just giving them random information without getting to know them, without knowing their family dynamic. You had people who were buying penny stocks and buying things that were unsuitable for the sake of risk. And this is what Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger were talking about in the Berkshire Hathaway call just yesterday. They started treating it like it was a casino. The stock market is for long-term investment. It is not for all these calls and puts and options. Just because maybe one person came out and said it on TikTok, oh, you can do these call put options. Then everybody started, do you know that the Wall Street makes more money off of the fees from those putting those options in those calls than they do from regular trading. Mm-hmm. So what ended up happening was stock market, excuse me, Wall Street made money, but eventually the people who were contributing to the money ran out of money. And because they didn't have any more money to throw into it, because now, and I and I called it last May or June, I can't remember exactly when, but when I went to Buddy's Barbecue and they went up on the cost of my smoked wings by 70 something cents, I recognized that was inflation right then. And yet here we had to wait until February of this year for the government to tell us that we were in an inflationary space because people weren't paying attention to their want, their money. They weren't recognizing that just the cost of wings had gone up in June, July, August. And then, of course, going into war and then gas prices going up. All of these different mitigating factors, this essentially are all residual of the pandemic. Let me tell it, we are in a depression. I know that right now the government doesn't even want to say we're in a recession because a recession requires us to be two quarters mm-hmm. of um, negative returns. However, and we are only eight weeks away from that. We're technically only eight weeks away from that. However, it started eight weeks into the end of last year. But because it wasn't a full quarter, the last quarter of 2021 wasn't fully down. So that doesn't incorporate it. However, I think that we are in a double dip recession and yeah. they are just really trying to mm, if you don't say anything about it i won't either one because of panic mm-hmm. because that's that's the other thing with social media you have so much information that's out here and abundant and people will run with it and it only takes you know one match to start a fire and once that fire gets going and it's the burns down the whole forest all you can do is look back and go dang well, that's why I've been making a point of telling everybody, pay attention. Please pay attention because I have recognized the the without trying to cause panic myself from you know from this platform. I just want people to like, hey, we are in a trying time. Get absolutely. Ready. Please. Oh, get absolutely. Ready. No, I yeah. posted at least yeah. two twice a week on my Facebook page and sometimes on my TikTok. Mm-hmm. At least twice a week. Um, this is what the market doing, y'all. Like, mm-hmm. hey, if you're not watching tickers on CNN at the bottom of the screen and, you know, it used to be Fidelity had that statement, set it and forget it. 
Ooh, that was a horrible thing. That was a horrible mm. thing. A lot of people got that mm. in their mentality and they walked away from their 401ks. And I seen it last March, March of 2020, when people went to actually go pull money out of their 401ks. I remember the day, it happened to be my mother's birthday. I remember the day, March 2020, when the market crashed and I was on my way to go get my hair done. And I happened to look at the markets and I was like, nope. Mm -mm. I got to go right back to the office because I need to go because it's going crazy. This is when they, when they shut down Italy, I knew it was a problem. So being able to pay attention to what's going on on the global economy and seeing how things were moving, mm -hmm. even back in, I guess it was September of 2019, before the pandemic hit, mm -hmm. when they closed, I think it's called Thomas Cook. It was the oldest English travel agency and they went bankrupt and they went out of business and they couldn't find nobody to give them money. I already knew now something's crazy is going on there's a problem there's a there's a surreal problem when um what was it called the um the davos festival that they have where all the billionaires get together and they go to switzerland and they uh, talk about how they're gonna manipulate the world and the illuminati stuff every year when mm. they canceled that then that was like oh they don't even want to travel they ain't even talking about how they're gonna manipulate our money they just gonna say mm, let it ride those are all signs. Even um, I was reading this morning in the Berkshire Hathaway where Warren Buffett says this specifically, and it's on CNBC, and I've had the screenshots. You can go back and look at it yourself. But he says, keep enough cash aside in case the economy stops. Not if the economy slows down. He said the economy stops. And that was real powerful to me. Yes. I believe in my rich old white men beyond any and everything. I believe I, they may not say the whole story, but I love yeah. reading between the lines and paying attention to what they're talking about. And when he said, Ooh. I got enough cash. And mind you, because Warren Buffett contributed during the Great Recession in 08, he was able to give money to Bank of America and Goldman Sachs and all these different like he he had enough money. But that's also how he makes his money. Going back to that point, number one, opportunity. Yes. So it means. As we're going into this recession, I think there's an old adage that says when your neighbor loses their job, it's called a recession. When you lose your job, it's called a depression. Don't quit your jobs. Mm -hmm. Don't quit your job. Don't quit your day job. Yeah. Because the job might quit you before you quit it. I don't care how bad you and your feelings about it, especially if you don't have a business or anything to fall back yeah, on. Exactly. Actually, you hit, hit a key, uh, especially for the young folks. I always tell everyone it's like 24 hours a day, especially if you're a young person, you don't have a business yet uh, or, you know, your own entrepreneurial, uh, you know, path set for you. You know, you need to just be stacking money. You know, you young, you you get you can rebound versus like when you're older. If you got 24 hours a day, why aren't you working two jobs? I mean, you can work a full time job and a part time job or have a little part time uh, hustle on the side or something to this nature. And then the way our economy, not necessarily our economy, but the way our uh, career structures are set up right now, uh, you can do like, uh, what's up with the um, uh, Lyft and, and um, Uber, Uber things of those nature? It's so, it's so many ways that you can make extra money. Like, mm -hmm. as you're a young person, stack it, stack it, stack it. Don't fall into the uh, the same. Don't 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 fall into the oh let me go out and get that bling or whatever. Just put that money away. Invest your money and ho and hopefully uh, the parents have been taking care of you. If you reference back to my credit show, tell you about uh, getting your kids set up on credit before they even out of high school. So you know, and then you're giving them things uh, as well uh, to set the kids up for uh, success as well. So you know, um, there's a lot of tools that we can use to help these people. You know, get out of these trying times. And please, again, like she said earlier. Is the you know knowledge is power, but applying knowledge is the real power. Uh, Benny, you have a question? I was just going to add that that's the importance of this episode. That's the importance of of the show in general. Us understanding or even having these discussions is about you know preparing your mind, preparing your mindset to look at this in the right way. You know what what what's what do you think, David? Well, I absolutely agree with you because. I wouldn't as far what I use as the example is I go back to our parents, our parents and our grandparents who essentially had to go through the Great Depression. And typically, if you have a certain level of melanin in your screen, in your skin, you weren't jumping out of buildings like some of these other people because they knew how to carpool. 
They knew how to potluck. They knew how to come together as a community and use group economics. They knew how they weren't out in the streets every 15 minutes. They weren't watching Netflix. They weren't buying Starbucks. They were literally sitting at home and they were enjoying them family self time and, and, and themselves and being able to stack up and buy an acre of land every year. So when you look at these people who came basically post-traumatic slavery syndrome, and yet you look and see that they ended up buying 20, 50 acres of land, knowing that they didn't make more than 50 cents an hour, they were not spending their money in the wrong places. They were not spending their money where they would never get a good rate of return on it. They were able to just chill out. And that's what this recession is right now for me. It's like, it's the season for us to chill out everything. Like it, it's, it's, it's not because I'm afraid of anything, but I believe on the other side of it, you're going to have opportunity. So Benny, he hit me up and he was like, well, Dow dropped on hundred points the other day. Are you buying? No, I ain't seen the bottom yet. And mind you, a lot of people I've, I've been forced facing this on my TikTok page. We get so caught up in these cliches where every time I would post about the market being down, somebody would say, time to make another buy, time to make another buy. See, that went on for the last 16 weeks. You ain't got that much money to buy with, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry, because <laughs> the money that you bought with is going down and the inflation is going up and stagflation is when people start losing their jobs on top of that. So, you know, you can't have that much money to invest. <laughs> And these companies aren't putting out any. Did you see the earnings report last week? With Apple is down, Amazon is down. Now that one would kind of hit hard. Google's down, Netflix down in the last month. Like everything that is part of our fang, our S and P five hundred companies, all of them are down. You know why? Because regular people can't afford to keep shopping on Amazon. And they canceling their Netflix because Netflix wanted to raise the rates and cut down on the people sharing accounts. So people said, I'm getting rid of it. I'm moving it out the way. I don't need that. I just came out of this pandemic. It hit me real hard financially. And I tapped into my 401k last March to be able, or two Marches ago, to be able to have money to live off sustain. People are starting to realize they are not in the financial position that they were as before. Preach. That is, you just hit it on the head. I'm so glad that you uh, addressed that because uh, it goes back to the change of the times. A lot of people, uh, their lifestyles are about to be heavily impacted. Absolutely. So, please and this time it is different. <laughs> and, and I'll say for two reasons, this time it is different. One, because we printed all that money. We printed so much, millions and billions of dollars. Um, and there's two we have no way to make it back. See, Benny was talking about in the 40s in the industrial area and in the industrial era. Then we came back and we moved people into their first brand new homes with their first indoor plumbing, with their first cars, with their first air conditioning. Hello? The U.S. was producing. There's nothing here that's producing. What are we producing that's new? Yeah. You know, and, even, and the reason why that is, that goes back to the, the rich and powerful. Like, hey, how can I make this for cheaper so I can get more money for my shareholders? Let's take it overseas. You know, mm -hmm. let's take it out of the company. Or, oh, I, I can go over to Thailand and get it made for pennies on the dollar. Oh, right. buddy. You know, so they're, they're looking so much more for taking care of the uh, the the shareholders versus the uh, the social um aspect of it they don't you know they're not seeing the uh benny obviously oh go ahead benny you got a question or a statement yeah so uh i was gonna let you finish though you want to you want to finish your thought there oh no well well i pretty much got it out man you go, go ahead go right ahead. you good okay um so what i was just gonna say was about the the producing so it's a few things that occurred that to me it looks like we, we opportunities let me say it like that I, I think that a few things occurred that that presented opportunities for us to start moving back into a production position in america so when shipping was affected during the pandemic when all of those ships stayed out on the coast and they couldn't get those products in 
Now I'm not I'm not saying it's easy to to just mass produce something. You know, it's a lot that goes into research and development. But I think the 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 point is is that how many small businesses, how many you know uh, entrepreneurs were leveraging Amazon, leveraging Pinterest by drop shipping, by basically selling selling promoting products that were made in another country. And then those products were shipped over and then shipped directly to the buyers. Well, you know, how many of those products could have been made here? Or how 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 many products are made here that the same people that were utilizing Amazon and utilizing Pinterest that in a, as an entrepreneur, just because your your supply may have stopped, you just you to stay in business, you got to shift. You know what I mean? If if McDonald's, if all the cows died, McDonald's should start focusing on selling chicken, not right. <laughs> not in, you know, shutting down altogether. So with 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 entrepreneurs shifting to buy American made, that's pumping the money back into our company, pumping uh, country, pumping money back into local businesses. Because guess what? When 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 these small manufacturers get enough business, then they can invest their capital, invest their money into expanding their factories. And guess what's created then? Jobs. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do not disagree with you at all. Um, going back to the conversation about money, please understand that we're going to end up paying $70 more basically every item that's going to be American made, which is not, I mean, depending on what the item is, that's going to be an average number, but it's essentially saying for something to be made in the U.S. compared to overseas, then it's going to cost us more money to make it. And I'm about that. I am. I absolutely know that we have to start producing something here in the U. We need another Microsoft. We need something that's actually going to be built and started here before it gets outsourced to a different company. We have to have that. Um, but right now with the income and wages, what they are, we can't afford it. People took all their stimulus checks and they spent, spent, spent. They took their unemployment checks and they spent, they they drove Amazon to a $3 trillion company while we were literally still in the throes of the pandemic? Well, I don't think everyone spent their money on um, the, you know, the spending and spending, but it was something that were were smartly invested. Uh, Though it was, that's affected the, uh, the real estate market. People started oh, buying. Really don't get me it was it was it was some smart people that that paid their you know got their credit scores up and uh, started buying real estate because that made a big jump. Well, I think it contributed to the big supply and demand in the sense of the real estate market, and it was some other manipulation that was going on there too. I think we talked about that before offline about how companies like Zillow and Redfin. They uh, manipulate the market. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but you got to pay attention. Listen to things. I mean, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm sitting there doing some homework one day, and uh, <laughs> I hear paying cheddar in the background, and it basically was saying uh, that Zillow just sold 3,000 houses. I'm like, how is the person, how is the company that tells you what the cost of the houses have 3,000 houses on the market that's on their website? That means they're manipulating the market. I'm surprised that it hasn't been like a lawsuit or something that has addressed uh, out of this. But uh, we need to do a part two on that one <laughs> uh, when it comes to that. Uh, because, uh, you know, the real estate thing is a, it's a big one. And then uh, what the economy is going through right now. But again, we need to continue to focus on tools that's going to help the listeners. Um, because I want them to get ready. Because if I can see it, and I'm really not a financial genius. But I can see the telltale signs of depressions and recessions and things of that nature. Like, wow, man, you can go to the, do- the dollar store is not a dollar anymore, right? The dollar, well, the dollar tree is not a dollar anymore. You know what I'm saying? Well, There's a lot of Dollar General was a yeah. dollar, mind you. Yeah. I was, you know, in my early twenties, maybe even seventeen, somewhere. But I remember the dollar store. Everything in the dollar store was a dollar. So, yeah. yeah, like Benny said, it moves in cycles. And this cycle is definitely different. This cycle is with so much with social media. I think that is a gift and a curse 
um, because you can really get some great information. However, it's a lot of bad information out there as well. And really just trying to disseminate and use your discernment about what's the best thing for your situation. People are afraid. They're afraid to talk to people. Um, they've gone across so many situations with scammers where people have taken their money and they've come out of a bad deal. And, you know, they're going through so much depression. It, they, these things are all major factors that even even for going back with the recession, I was doing the numbers on it. And when we start talking about inflation, we we said this is the highest inflationary area that we've been in in the last 40 years but it still took us almost three to four years to get out of. And the feds right now, of course, they just raised the interest rate and they say that the interest rate changes have already been factored into the market, which I doubt. Um, But knowing that they're saying the only thing we need to do to keep us from going into recession is to correct this inflation. And I don't think they can do that overnight. I really don't. So knowing that your money's going to be down for a minute, then you might want to start talking with a financial advisor. You really want to look at what your time horizon is. If you are 30 years old and this is retirement money and it's out of retirement account and you're not planning to retire until you're age 60 years old, then you might be able to go through a couple of micro market cycles. I have some other clients who are 55 and they're like, girl, I'm walking away in five years. What do I need to do? We need to move. We need to push. We need to start taking a portion of the money and putting it somewhere where it's going to be a lot safer. Yeah, you'll still put your money in equities, but you also want to use all these other investment vehicles that people don't talk about. People don't talk about the IUL cash value life insurance policies that actually James Penny, James Cash Penny from JC Penny was pulling money out of his life insurance policy during 1929 during the Great Depression and using that as a liquid cash vehicle to keep his business afloat and support his staff. Yeah. So that kept him from going out of business because he had the money in these different buckets that we're talking about. Even being able to say, if you could um, protect yourself, Superman fell off a horse. Medical mm-hmm. bills is the number one reason people go into bankruptcy and lose their houses. Mm-hmm. The, the, having it through the job ain't enough. And these jobs clearly don't give you the same benefits and they are not even nearly taking care of people the, the way that they used to. Exactly. So. You definitely it's more so more, more of these companies are more so taking care of the shareholders. But again, like we said, we're here to, uh, to take care of the people, the listeners. Uh, if you don't mind, if you could recap uh, what we talked about today uh, so that way the listeners can, you know, kind of go back and uh, rehash it. So some uh, good standout points. And also, please, please, please let the people know how to contact you because you have a wealth of knowledge. And I can believe you can save a lot of people from a lot of hardships. Absolutely. So uh, to recap, you definitely want to stack your cash. You want to make sure that you have not money in your checking account to pay your regular bills. Have you an emergency fund three to six months and also be able to have you an opportunity fund. Have that money off to the side so you can buy a car. You can pay for a kid's college education. The markets are going to potentially keep going down. So if there's money that you need to use in the next 12 months, it needs to be at a bank account, just a high yield savings account. Yes, paying less than 1%, but you're going to be able to have that liquidity to it. Um, And I think there's going to be some opportunities that's going to become available in the next 12 to 24 months. Then number two, have your Roth IRA. If you're making, um, getting an income tax refund check, then you need a Roth IRA. Go ahead and stick some money over into an investment vehicle because when you pull the money out in retirement, it's going to be 100% tax-free. You have opportunities to use that during your working years. Um, And as well, you can be able to mitigate, do some tax planning for the future. And then, of course, you've got your 401k. Again, I still like the 401ks for people who are um, high income earners, for business owners. The SEP IRA is going to be your version of a 401k. So you can use that as the tax deduction. Understand that they all have different reasons. We like the Roth IRA for tax-free distributions. We like the 401k for the tax deduction. That's why we plan them together. We don't get on one on a plane with only one pair of shoes. We make sure we got a pair of heels and we got a pair, or I guess for guys, you have a pair of um, 
dress shoes and you got a pair of tennis shoes. So you can make sure that you are covered in every situation. So this is just kind of the tax planning and the recession proofing of your money right now. Definitely reach out to me. You can go to my website, which is lifevisionsolutions.com or my favorite version of it is, is iamwealthynow.com. Um, and you can go to the contact button and schedule an appointment with me. We can talk about life insurance. We can talk about retirement plans. We can talk about annuities. We can talk about stock investing. We can talk about the different things that you have on your mind. So we can ensure that you are, you are focusing on what's important to you. We address your pain points and then we take it from there because out of the seven different accounts that I talk about, I always tell people to start with the one that makes the most sense for you. Well, thank, right. thank you, David. I appreciate your information. I'm quite sure the, the listeners will appreciate it even more. Uh, please reach out to her. She gave you some great information today. Uh, we will revisit this. Uh, we have some more information to put out. Uh, we only touched on a few parts of the uh, seven uh, accounts that you need to have as an adult. But uh, again, these are the things that you need to get ready for these trying times that we have with our economy right now. Um, there's really no reason why we should be suffering because the information that you put out there is amazing. Um, and then also you refer back to my uh, credit course or my credit class. Guess what? There's some great tips there for you as well. Uh, if you manage your money well and you utilize your credit in a, a great sense, uh, there's really no reason why you should be in a, a, a bind. You know, just don't overspend. Don't get caught up in the bling that you see. Uh, on the uh, social media because that's probably one of the biggest things everybody kind of like oh they're on vacation i need to go on vacation too no you don't <laughs> if you can't afford it or if you can if you can if you can uh manage it sure by all means you know work hard you know you know you need to have some time to relax and do some things you know don't just be a uh you know in the house you know uh what is it, stuck in the house all the time uh you but there's fun ways to have fun without spending a ton of money uh there's a lot of companies right now that are pretty much like hey fly with us you know they, they're giving away flights and things of that nature stay with our hotels you know they're giving a, a hotel flights you know if you do the you know the time put the time in and manage your time well you can find some great deals out there as well actually i'm gonna do a whole nother series on how to uh budget and save your money as well uh as well in the future but again david thank you for showing up today absolutely my pleasure i appreciate you having me all right benny well we'll go ahead and close it on out and thank you for listening uh, have a good day.